Okay, we continue our um, Sunday sermon sessions within the Gospel of John, and we are in chapter 8. And the portion of scripture we will be um, looking at will be found from verses 30 down to 47. Or we'll try to, anyways, see how far we can get with that. And, um, well, let's just get into the text. Verse 30, chapter 8, the Gospel of John. As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. Remember, Jesus is speaking of his deity, his fulfillment of the prophets, his equality with the Father. He is the prophesied Messiah. He is God on earth among men. And he has defended his position. And he has proven his position. And he has certainly spoken and proclaimed with great authority. And he has confirmed his authority and the things he is speaking through the miraculous power he could practice. He could heal the sick, make whole the lame, control the weather, cast out demons, raise the dead, know the depth of thought within mankind. And yet still, his opposition continued to grow in hostility against him instead of being submissive in recognizing who he is and receiving him and following him. And they should have. His own people, his siblings, his family, his culture, his people should have received him. They were born within the covenant in which the literature was speaking of this day. And here it is. And they're too enamored with socio-political affairs. And they are thinking in a worldly way and not in spiritual ways. And so you have this opposition from the religious leadership, the Sanhedrin, and the Jews in whole as the crowds who are subordinate loyalists to the Sanhedrin in the various factions of this governing body. It could be the, the chief priests, the elders, the Sadducees mostly, and then the, the Pharisees who are more at ground level. And this is continuing in the theme and interaction of the things we've been reading. And Christ wants them to know they can be set free if they simply understand him to be the Christ. If they receive him with genuine faith that would have roots, that would have foundation in his word they could be set free from the tyranny of the religious leaders who had since become the key holders the gatekeepers if you will of uh their uh religious views and traditions so he did so in presenting himself the messiah with evidence that would have many believe in him. And those who believed in him, he would have to challenge because superficial belief was indeed a problem, superficial faith. Here we see genuine faith, but genuine faith in a shallow manner or description. And Christ is going to challenge them to go into deeper Faith, genuine faith, but deep, genuine faith. 
And we all know that the truth is either going to pierce you, challenge you, soften you into a humble learning position, or it's going to aggravate you. It's going to uh, uh, um, uh, bring you into more hostility towards the truth. And you will further galvanize your ego, your pride against the truth. So what he has been saying, what he has been speaking, has indeed had many believe in him. So Jesus, in verse 31, was saying to those Jews who had believed him. This is genuine faith, but it is shallow faith. It doesn't have any depth or roots in a foundation that would keep them genuine till eternity. And Jesus knows that, so he has to speak the challenge for them to either repent or they will become more so aggressive against him. He says to these believers, and it is important we understand this, these are Jews. These are believers. And in the first century, if you were a Jew and a believer, you wouldn't dare question your salvation. They were firmly convinced that as a Jew and as a believer in God, there's no way I can be lost. It just can't happen. And they had grown so strong in that pride that it blinded them. It blinded them to be humble to see the truth. They thought themselves already saved, always saved, never lost. So when Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. You are believers. You have genuine faith. But I'm going to challenge your shallowness. And to do so, you need to understand something. If conditional, of course, you. Independent accountability to those he is speaking to. Believers, Jews. In my word. What he is speaking. Then you are truly disciples of mine. Continuing is to remain. And you will know, it says in verse 32. And to know is to be familiar with the gospel. The truth. And the truth is the gospel. The death, burial, resurrection, witness, and ascension of the Messiah, the Christ, is the truth. It is reality. And reality sets us free from the bondage of lies. It sets us free from the clutches and shackles of tyrants, the pharisaical kind who had since manipulated them into subordination and control. And Christ wanted to set them free from that. Christ himself is the truth. And that is most important for us to understand. When Jesus says, and you will know, that means you will be familiar with me, the Christ. For the Christ is truth. You see, the Jews thought the truth in itself was in the law. But it wasn't. Is there truth in the law? Absolutely. But what does it point to? The very essence of truth, the Christ. So they themselves would search the scriptures to find salvation within themselves because they thought the law was the truth and did not understand that it had the truth pointing to who is the truth, the Christ, the Messiah. 
And so if you continue in his word, then you will be familiar with his gospel. The Christ is the truth. Thy word is truth. And the truth, the gospel, the Christ, sets us free from the bondage of those who had set themselves up as the gatekeepers and the key holders, the Pharisaical type, the Sanhedrin, the leaders. It'll set you free from their clutches and ultimately what is being said is it'll set you free from the sin, the contaminating corruption of sin. It'll set you free from that. Well, they answered him, didn't they? In verse 33. We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? There's a lot here, friends. There's a lot here to pay attention to. We are Abraham's descendants. We put our trust in man. That's the first problem. They put their trust in a man. Number two problem, have never yet been enslaved to anyone. You know what that is? That's pride. And it's also hypocrisy because they are speaking a double tongue. On one side, they just said, we are Abraham's descendant, pulling up Abraham as some sort of authority for salvation. And on the other side of their mouth, they say, and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. They are enslaved to their religious leaders. And when you are a slave to a man, you are always going to be sold off to another man who is going to enslave you. That is the pharisaical presence of the leadership they were subordinate to and loyalist to. And Christ was trying to set them free from that snare. So they think themselves with an argument that would silence Jesus. Well, we are Abraham's descendants. We are come. They pull out the name of a man for their salvation and their pride blinds them from the truth standing before them. So they can't understand why Jesus would say, you will become free. We are free. Have you ever spoken to the pharisaical type in the Lord's church crept in there? They have the same tongue. We know we're right. It's pride. It blinds them to the sin and corruption they live and follow. So Jesus answers them in verse 34. Truly, truly, again, that means you need to pay attention to what I am going to say. I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. All of you who have made a commitment to live in sin are slaves shackled to sin. You've purposed it in your heart A commitment to sin is what they were doing and living as subordinates and also participants 
with those who would uh, 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 be hostile towards Jesus, who lived in lies and cunning deception. Jesus continues and says in verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. Because you are slaved to men, men who are corrupt, because you are committed to living the lies that have been cunningly deceived upon your minds, in regards to the Christ, in regards to the truth, you will always be subject to being sold off to another tyrant. But the Christ remains, and those who follow him need not be sold off to another tyrant, but can find refuge, no longer orphans. You see, the way it would operate with the father and the son of a household who would have slaves, the son would have power to free that, sa- that slave. A slave is not a member of the inner household family. He's a slave, purchased and sold off to the next bid. And there is no stability there because he is always at the whim or the command of a man. Christ is saying you no longer need to be a slave to men who are corrupt, who lie and murder and cheat and steal. And you don't need to have these controlling your life. You can find peace and unity, love and forgiveness if you just follow the Messiah. If you follow the Christ, turn your commitment to sin away and turn your commitment to Christ and find freedom. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does not remain forever. These people, the Jews, believers, were always going to be sold off and never have stability because they were always going to follow the next man, the next Pharisee, the next Sadducee, the traditions of their own mind and their own ordinances to which they would heavily burden their own people with their own self-righteous hypocrisy. Verse 36. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. You see? Abraham can't free you. These Pharisees can't free you. As a matter of a fact, these Pharisees have slaved you. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And the father would give permission to the son to tell the slave that he is no longer a slave, but he is now a member of the family. I know, verse 37, that you are Abraham's descendants. Christ is letting them know. He knows the history. He's been there through it all. He knows the history. He knows the chronological ancestry. He knows the, 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 the bloodline. Yet you seek to kill me. They're not seeking the Christ. They're seeking to kill him. Because my word has no place 
in you. Rejection. They rejected him. They rejected him because they were more so loyal to their socio-political affiliates, the Sanhedrin, and the corrupt among them, than they were to plainly humble their hearts and know the word of Christ. Yet you couldn't convince him otherwise. You couldn't have convinced him otherwise. A man standing before them could raise the dead and it was not enough to convince him otherwise. Why? Because their minds were subordinate to religious corruption. And we see that in the church today. We've seen it. We know what it looks like, how it speaks, how it rears its ugly head, how it causes sorrow and chaos, how it will devour and utilize for its agenda, its greed, its hate, its bitterness, its chaos. Christ came to set us free from that bondage. And he speaks to them and tells them, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen, verse 38, with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. Pay attention to what it's saying. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. That is directly given to him from his father. The instruction, the fulfillment of the ministry is directly given to him by his father. The word made flesh among us. But look at how he describes it in accordance to them. Who are they? Believers in God. So they claim. So they are so hardened of heart to believe themselves saved. Look at how he says this. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. What did they hear from their father? Because they are two different paternal ancestries here. Christ is speaking of his paternal ancestry, which is heavenly. Now he's speaking of their paternal ancestry, which is quite different than heavenly. And they heard from their father that Jesus was a blasphemer, a deceiver, a liar, a devil, a Samaritan. Not one born of pure blood, but one who would worship other idols, one born of fornication. They were loyal to their tyrant's lie. Oh, we know what that looks like, don't it? We know what that looks like. Jesus is being very transparent and they're not listening to what he's saying. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. There are people we love who hate us bitterly because of the tongues of deceivers. They hated Jesus because they believed the slander 
the false witness, the lies of tyrants. And Jesus was trying to pierce them into listening so that they be set free from those lies. You will know the truth. You'll be familiar with the truth. What is the truth? Jesus is the truth. Jesus will set you free from the bondage of the manipulation that your mind has been enslaved, devoured to follow, which is hostile towards the truth. Well, in verse 39, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. <laughs> Just, right? Aren't you listening? Aren't you listening? Right over their heads. Abraham is our father. Once again, they go to a man for justification. Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. You are not saved because Abraham has the power to save you. The truth has the power to save you. Jesus, not Abraham. But since you are so keen to pull up Abraham for your justification, let me remind you what was spoken of Abraham. Huh. Genesis 26.5. Genesis 26.5. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. You want to pull up Abraham? Do the things Abraham done. He believed God and followed God, the truth. But as it is, he says in verse 40, you are seeking to kill me because they are committed to living in sin through the corruption of the tyrant's deceiving tongue. And I assure you, the devil knows how to quote scripture. He knows how to teach the Bible. He, needs, he knows how to teach it to his agenda. And he knew how to devour the crowds, the people. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You want to pull up Abraham? Abraham didn't do the things you are doing, seeking to kill God. He says in verse 41, you are doing the deeds of your father. Well, wait a minute. Here we go again. Speaking of two paternal sources. He is speaking to those Jews who had believed him. It was genuine faith, but it was shallow. And instead of them softening and growing strong roots in him, what are they seemingly doing now? Getting angry. They're getting angry. Pride. How dare you say those things? We've never been lost. We're Jews. We come from the ancestry of Abraham. Ever hear people, I've been a good person? What do you mean I'm lost? I've helped old ladies cross the street many times. I'd give my shirt off my back to poor people. 
What do you mean I'm lost? What do you mean I'm lost? I go to church every week. I give? What do you mean I'm lost? I'm a member of the Church of Christ. I'm a Christian. What do you mean I'm lost? How dare you say that? That's how close it, it was. This is the context. Well, are you going to follow the words proclaimed? Or are you going to crucify the Christ all over again? You are doing the deeds of your father. They're claiming Abraham. Christ is saying, well, don't do the deeds of Abraham. And believe God and follow his commandments. They said to him in verse 41, we were born of fornic- we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. <laughs> Stick with me, man. Follow it. They are going to accuse him of being a Samaritan. Yeah, yeah. Verse 48. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? So I guess the whole claiming Abraham as our descendant didn't work. Now we're just going to call him a fornicator. And this could be spiritually speaking because if you were not born within the covenant of the Jewish system, you were an outsider. And outsiders didn't worship the one true God. They worshipped all their man-made gods. So now this is what they are accusing the Christ of being. You're a Samaritan. You follow other gods. We are the Jews. Descendants of Abraham. We follow and worship the one true God. Too much pride. They can't see themselves deceived. It's too much pride. They're smart. Jesus is not. We know these types. We know these types. They cause a lot of pain, don't they? They said to him, We are not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. We're pure. You're impure. We're righteous. You're not. Jesus says to them in verse 42, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come of my own initiative, but he sent me. And you can note next to that 1 John 5, 1 if you want to and look at that in your own personal studies. If God were your father, you would love me. Do they love him? They hate him. Why? Because they've been told to do so. There are people who hate us because they've been told to do so. And they fully believe the lies that have been deceived into their minds. We pray for them, don't we? We feel sorry for them. They don't know the love of God. They've been manipulated. They've been devoured. They are now subordinates to pharisaical types, wolves in sheep's clothing, these very toxic abusers. Christ wanted to set them free from that. Christ is telling them, if God were your father, you would love me. You want proof in the pudding? I know you don't belong to my father because you're trying to murder his son. 
You believe the lies that have been falsely bore against me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. Again, to the language he spoke in 38. I speak the things which I have seen with my father, but you, you follow the things you've heard from your father. Verse 43, why do you not understand what I am saying? This is a moment in which he is challenging to think, take a breath, take a step back, look at what's going on, look at the big picture. Take a step back. Remove yourself from all that toxic abuse that has manipulated your mind to hate those who love you, to hate those who have been praying and ministering to you, to hate the Christ. Take a step back. Who has bamboozled you into such hate and bitterness? Why do you not understand what I am saying? His words are plain. It's not that they did not understand the words that he was saying. It's that they did not want to accept the words he was saying. Because that would mean I believed a lie all along. And I hurt good people all along and I've been I've been deceived you know that takes a lot of humble heart to admit I've been deceived by a liar why do you not understand what I am saying it is because you cannot hear my word you can't it is um impossible with that kind of heart that you have you cannot hear what i'm saying you do not hear the evidence and the truth and the reasoning you're not willing to listen to it because your heart has already been committed to the lie you are firmly convinced in your own self that you're right you're blind you can't see it and here he says in verse 44, and he is saying this to Jews who believed him. You are of your father, the devil. The devil. He reveals now the paternal source in which these Jews were listening to, heard from, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. Your deception is so deep that you've cultivated your life in commitment to hating the truth. And it was done so by malicious, nefarious, sinister tyrants who could take the Bible and twist it in such a way to have them charmed into going against the Christ. Because Jesus is a blasphemer. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's the devil. He's a Samaritan. And well, these are educated men. We respect their schools of thought. They are our leaders. Do you know the ramifications to sit back, be humble, and admit they're all wrong and Jesus is right? (laughs) 
You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And I assure you, the devil knows how to open the Bible and preach it in such a way to have you hating the innocent and clinging to the tyrannies. He's a murderer. What does that mean? Well, all who follow these corrupt kinds are following them off the cliff to eternal damnation. That's spiritual slaughter, spiritual murder. And they masquerade themselves as angels of light. They masquerade themselves as righteous. But Jesus speaks to them independently accountable. You have a thinking mind. Think. Why don't you understand the words I am saying? Your heart is hardened in pride and deception. Snap out of it. I'm here to set you free. But you don't want freedom. You want to remain within the gull of hate and bitterness and hostility and persecution against those who are innocent. And we here, belonging to Christ as the East Coast congregation, are not free from those persecutions, are we? Not at all. But because I speak the truth, verse 45, you do not believe me. I can't convince you. You've hardened your hearts. You've set yourself in stone. Which one of you convicts me of sin, he says in verse 46. Which one of you convicts me of sin? They've accused him of breaking the law. They've accused him of being a transgressor, of being a blasphemer. But everything they tried to charge upon him, they did so by breaking their own laws. So once again, almost to the account of the adulterous woman, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Well, go on then. Which one of you convicts me of sin? It's easy to accuse me of sin. We can call Jesus a liar, a thief, a blasphemer, the devil, a Samaritan. We can call him all those things and people will believe. But which one of you can go in an honorable court of law and prove it? They can't. They know they can't. There's no evidence to the fact. They've just manipulated people to believe lies. Why do you not believe me? Why don't you understand my words? Verse 47, He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them because you are not of God. He's speaking to those Jews who had believed in him. I don't know, man, but that's, whew, that's pretty revealing, isn't it? That's powerful stuff. They could have been set free. They no longer needed to live in anxiety and fear and intimidation. They no longer needed to live in, 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 a, in a worldview of religious practice and tradition that was geared around factions and cliques and control and pride and, and socio-political corruption. And, and so, 
These Jews thought themselves free? They were so blind they couldn't even see they were under a Roman oppression. How did they get there? By doing this very thing. Trusting in men instead of God. As righteous as Abraham was, Abraham can't save you from your sins. Stop trusting men. Don't put your hope in a Pharisee. Pharisees will lie to you. They belong to their father, the devil. All who seek freedom away from the corruption of the world and also the corruption that masquerades itself as righteous and Christianity, all have the opportunity to the theme of the gospel, which is the new birth to be born again out of water and the Spirit, to belong to Jesus in the security of His Word, remaining there to become familiar with Him who is the truth. Once you commit to that new birth, He saves your soul and adds you to His church. And what a beautiful thing it is to know God. He who is of God hears the words of God. If your heart is humble, you will hear these words proclaimed. To be born again. The new birth. Interesting how those who were Jews, who, believe, who were known as believers, religious leaders, would not submit to the new birth. But the Gentiles would. And you and I today, we're Gentiles. That is, of course, available to all who have a humble heart to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, to follow Christ and no other. The East Coast Church of Christ belongs to Christ. And this autonomous location, which belongs to Christ, is a household of peace and unity and love. And it has been such a blessing, hasn't it, to be this family, this growing family. There are no gatekeepers here or key holders. Here God is the authority and the head of His body. And here anyone and everyone who seeks to be born again into His fold, that is available. Okay, we will conclude our sermon Sunday session. And Lord willing, we shall continue next Worship Sunday. So let's uh, go ahead and uh, have ourselves a song.